It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Was the New Zealand mosque shooting a false flag? At least one mainstream media commentator is wondering the same thing. And the Tri-City Dust Devils transforming their image for the upcoming season. At least temporarily. Give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. This is the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA on a Monday afternoon, a pleasant one in around the Tri-City metro area and throughout uh, the mid-Columbia basin. Ed Dawson uh, with you. Rob off today. Hour number two. And the focus is on Hanford, specifically the funding for Hanford. Now, much like our discussion last hour on whether or not simply throwing money at a problem without a plan in place is a good idea for education, especially special education, The same, I think, could be said for the situation at Hanford. The Trump administration is proposing some big-time cuts to the cleanup budget at Hanford. The administration announced today that it wants to cut $416 million in funding, going from an annual budget of $2.5 billion this year to 2.1 billion next year now as you recall this happened once before and the house who's in charge of such things uh kept the funding in place going against uh, what the president had wanted to do so the question is at 547-1610, 509-547-1610. Should the Department of Energy and those that are responsible for the cleanup at Hanford, the different uh, agencies and subcontractors that are charged with that, should they fight for more funding or should they take the cut and make it work financially, i.e., there's got to be some, I don't want to say misappropriation, that's not the right word, but maybe some things that can be shored up, some government spending waste. Yeah, every, every federal organization and department has waste. And the DOE is no exception. And I don't know for a fact. I've never been an employee at the Department of Energy out at Hanford. I know we have a lot of them that listen to our program. Maybe you can chime in and help us understand. I would imagine that there's plenty of waste going on. Is there $416 million of waste going on at Hanford? Could 
the DOE absorb the kind of funding cuts that the president wants to make without derailing their their main objective, which is to clean up the waste at Hanford, without putting either the employees or the communities in danger. 547-1610-509-547-1610. This cut proposal also comes at a time where new estimates have been released about how much it's going to cost to clean up. And we know that as more time goes on, things don't get cheaper, they get more expensive. A new report that was released in January puts the cleanup costs for Hanford at $323 billion under the best case scenario, or $677 billion under the worst case scenario. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Darren from Kennewick. Hi, Darren. What's on your mind? I think there's probably some money there, especially when the Department of, Department of Energy uh, moves all of their offices out of the tower at the federal building and moves all their contractors in, basically does a switch couple of years ago or just over a year ago, I think that's uh, mm-hmm. proof evident that there's money to blow and waste that can be cut. Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. 547-1610 is the number. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can email us too by going to the website 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. Uh, according to uh, the DOE, the biggest hit, if if the president gets his wish and cuts uh, more than $400 million for fiscal year 2020 for Hanford cleanup, that the biggest impact would be felt at the Richland operations offices. That w- their loss in funding would be about a quarter, about 25%. Again, we start hearing that funding is going to be cut at Hanford. Oh my gosh, we're all going to grow a third eye and and walk around with a, a green glow. But is that money being spent wisely? We know that the president is attacking this from a conservatively a fiscal conservative, right? Conservative fiscal, bottom line, budget kind of thing. He probably didn't just pull $416 million out of thin air. He was probably told, here's areas where they can be trimmed. And I would like to think that those cuts would not affect the safety to the workers or the communities. So is there $416 million of waste, potentially, all the while it costing much more year in and year out to clean up that mess? Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Ed, it's Mike. Hi, Mike. Uh, What's up? Nothing. Um, I've lived here my whole life with the exception of 
chasing around the baseball world for a few years. Um, everybody knows, ever since I was even 18 years old, everybody knows that what goes on at Hanford is a gigantic waste of money. And if you go back to the early days in the late 70s, the standard complaint was swing ships comes in and they want to do it this way. And then while swing shift is doing their thing, the engineers change it on the night shift. And then the day shift comes in and tears it all out and they just start all over. And it's just a colossal giant waste of money. So that's, that's not anything new. That's been around for 50 years, if not longer. And it doesn't get run out there like a business. There is no bottom line. There's people that can go in and touch the desk and leave, and as long as they touch the desk, they get eight hours pay. I mean, it, it's just crazy. It's it's uh, Now, the other side of it is, I know lots of people, and you know lots of people that work out there. And I don't want anybody to lose their job. I don't want anybody to lose their house or where they live or the the quality of life that they have. But there has to be a way to balance it better. I don't know what that way is, but there has to be a way. Mike, I appreciate the call as always. And and you, you hit it on the head. That's where I was going, was it's no secret that, yes, There has been a lot of waste. There has been, obviously, billions of dollars every year going into the funding at Hanford. And yes, they are working to clean up the mess of all the plutonium production and, you know, the the waste in the tanks and the leaky tanks and decommissioning this and, and walling off and cementing up this building and that. But the other side of the coin is, how do you suppose we in the Tri-Cities have created an island for ourselves when a handful of years ago, the rest of the country, including the Northwest, went through a recession, we were impacted minimally at best? Why do you think we always talk about how great the economy is in the Tri-Cities? Could it be all the money that's going into Hanford. Now, I'm not saying that needs to continue just to simply appease the the economic status, but you cut back. Yeah, you're running things more efficiently, but yeah, there's probably going to be some significant layoffs and maybe, probably, the economy is impacted. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? That's Jerry calling from North Pasco. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there with the economy being so great around here with everybody else nation was getting hurt pretty bad. It was that, that federal dollars going out there to the cleanup. Uh on in regards to your uh to the uh the cutback, uh, the president sent his uh energy secretary here quite some time ago and he told him that uh, he, he actually told the United States Senate to go to Hanford and see if we're getting our best bang for the buck well evidently we're not getting the best bang for the buck 
And uh, he's got to tighten up the belt. That's all I got to say. Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Five four seven one six ten is the number. We've got to take a timeout. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take more of your calls and emails as well. Is there really that much waste at Hanford? Four hundred plus million dollars to be cut if the president has his way. What does that do to us? Back after this. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio six ten K O N A. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Brought to you in part by Perfection Tire with four Tri-Cities locations to serve you. Ed Dawson, this is the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Taking your calls at 547-1610. Emails as well. Going to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. Talking about Hanford funding. The president wants to shave more than $400 million from the operations. And the biggest area to be impacted is the Richland Operations Office. What would that do not only to the overall cleanup efforts, but potentially the health and safety of the workers and the community. What would that do to the very nice economy that we've enjoyed for so long in the Tri-Cities? Think about it. With all the money that's being that's been poured into Hanford Operations, People that work there make a good living. Many of them have a fair amount of expendable income that they then turn around and buy nice houses, nice cars, various and sundry other things that puts that money back into the local economy. If the funding cut happens... Yes, it might run more efficiently. And that's a good thing, right? If that cut does not do anything except make it more efficient, i.e. it doesn't put the workers in jeopardy because they don't have A, B, and C uh, you know, in their arsenal anymore, or anything like that, if it runs more efficiently with 416 million fewer dollars next year, what is the outcome? 547-1610, 509-547-1610 here on the bottom line. One of the last callers, absolutely right. This is not run like a business. And one could argue that that's probably been the biggest frustration of this president coming from the business world, trying to run the government efficiently, not to say that it's not a noble effort, but it's incredibly difficult, especially when you're used to having sometimes limitless income for certain things. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is your friendly neighborhood, Walt, from Benton City here. Walt, what's on your mind today? 
Well, uh, being a small businessman, I run a construction outfit, and I've worked out there five times. And I can absolutely corroborate Mike's uh, statements about the waste out there. I've seen it firsthand, and I could spend the rest of the afternoon detailing some of the horror stories that I've seen. But I really believe that uh, if the public was made aware of some of the blatant amount of waste that goes on out there, both in labor, in time, in materials, and redundant efforts uh, on the part of some of the work that has to be done, especially some of the work that could be farmed out to people like us who could do it much more cheaply and much more efficiently, then I think there probably would wind up being a taxpayer's riot. So that's my two cents. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. I mean, you know, I've lived in this community long enough. I know some people that have have and still do work out there, and they know they have a good thing going. They know it. The question, though, becomes, can it be run more efficiently? I think certainly the answer is yes. But would it be? And by that I mean... If the funding cuts come that the president wants to make, does the management, the DOE, the contractors, those that are in charge at the site, do does, does the budget cuts force them to run things more efficiently or do they decide to cut staff and various other places to continue the cash cow that we have out there. That second option would be an impactful thing to this region. That would mean layoffs, permanent layoffs, and undoubtedly there would be some safety concerns. So where do we go? The congressional delegation, Dan Newhouse and the others, were able to secure ha- uh, funding for Hanford uh, the last time uh, there was such discussions. And when the president wanted to cut spending at Hanford, will it happen this time? Or will things continue the way that they have for many years I find it interesting what the decision would be by the management because that would dictate how the effect would ripple through the community or not got to take a time out 5471610509547161610 if you'd like to join the conversation can always email us. That's a that's a good way to get in touch with us as well. Go to the website 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. Back with more after this. K 
can't get in by phone, give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line, presented by McCary Meats in Basin City on News Radio 610-KONA. You can email us, too. Just go to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page. Send us your question or your comment. It's the bottom line, brought to you in part by Ben Franklin Transit, connecting our communities. You can visit them at bft.org. Beautiful day out. Long time coming, that's for sure. Going to change things up on our uh, on on the topic just a bit um, because there there is an interesting thing that's uh, that's going on in Richland, um, having to do with the nurses at Catholic. Um, the nurses and and many in in their union. Um, held a demonstration, a rally, on Friday afternoon. And there were, there was a mediation session that took place today. Well, a short time ago, it was announced that those talks have broken off with no new deal. Both sides are trying to uh, work it so that the mediator could uh, stay an extra day. Uh, That is a positive sign that maybe they feel that with another day of mediation, they might be able to come to an agreement um, as opposed to the two sides aren't even close. So thanks, mediator. Why don't you go back home? We'll call you when we're closer. This is the... The second time that nurses at Cadillac have been working without a contract. And both times have come when Cadillac became affiliated with Providence Health and Services. Not pointing any fingers, just stating a fact. That happened in 2014. December of 2015, nurses were working on an expired contract, but they were able to come to an agreement a month later in January of 2016. So the working without a, or working under an expired contract about a month or so, the last time. Well, we're midway through March now. And the nurses continue to work with an expired contract. I have no clue. I have not heard any indication that there would be a strike. I don't want to spread that rumor. That is certainly a possibility if talks break down. I mean, you bring in a mediator, and a lot of times that's kind of the last shot. When the two sides have been negotiating for several months and can't get anywhere or don't get enough to a to a solution, then they bring in a mediator from the west side usually and 
in hopes that that'll jumpstart talks, which it usually does in 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 a lot of impasses. Uh, usually headway is made. Uh, they don't always yield new contracts right away. And it certainly wasn't the case in this instance either. So let's talk about this. The, the contentious points uh, made by the Nurses Association, there's over 900 nurses that are employed uh, at Cadillac, okay? Um, significant amount. The paid time off issue is probably at or near the top. Providence wants to cut the paid time off for more senior nurses after extending the illness benefits, after the the illness benefits were were cut in a previous round of negotiations. That's according to the nursing group. So paid time off is an issue. And that covers everything, vacations, sick time, all that stuff. So the paid time off issue, okay? That's the biggest part. Nurses are also asking for protection against violence with improved security staffing. We know that a lot of times when especially uh, people are having a crisis, mental, drug-related some kind of a crisis, a lot of times they end up in the ER for better or for worse, right? Is there, that, that's a topic for a whole other day. Is there a better place to, to route these people? Probably. But that's where they're going, many of them. And unstable people make for an unstable workplace, so the nurses are asking for more protection. Cadillac released a statement last Friday. They have not released the statement yet today since the, the mediation uh, session broke off. Um, but they did release a statement last Friday saying that their benefits package is m- among the most competitive in the state. They're proposing up to seven weeks of paid time off. Again, that's everything. That's not seven weeks of vacation or seven weeks of sick leave or seven weeks of family care leave. It's the whole package. It's everything. How much of that is vacation? How much of it's holiday sick leave? I don't know. But Cadillac says that they're offering a total of seven weeks of paid time off for nurses. The annual full-time salary of a average nurse at Cadillac is about 70 grand. Somebody right out of nursing school gets about 58 a grand or 58 a grand per year, excuse me, according to Cadillac. Cadillac says it has bolstered its security staff and that 
violence in healthcare facilities nationwide is a problem. But they've already addressed it, they said. So we've hit an impasse. There have been a total of 11 now uh, bargaining sessions. Today was with the mediator. Today was the first one with the mediator. They tried 10 times, just the two sides, didn't work. They brought in a mediator uh, for a session. That didn't work. A statement just in from the Washington State Nurses Association regarding uh, the mediation session. Okay. Quote, after a full day of mediation, we are disappointed by the lack of movement on the part of Providence Catholic. We're working on setting up an additional day of mediation and remain committed to negotiating a fair contract that will keep nurses and patients safe at Catholic. End of quote. Nowhere in there do they threaten to strike or anything. They want another mediation session. Again, Cadillac has not released a statement, so I want to be perfectly fair about, about how we approach this topic. Where do you stand on this? Should, should the nurses at Cadillac get paid more? Should the hospital invest more money in security and safety, should Cadillac address the benefits? Cadillac says all those things are good right now. And the nurses associate, or the Cadillac nurses, i.e., the Nursing Association of Washington State, says otherwise. Again, there has been no public talk of a strike. There was a rally on Friday, an informational rally saying, hey, don't forget about us, but we're still working without a contract. 547-1610-509-547-1610. Where do you fall in this issue? Give us your thoughts, your opinions. They're welcome. 547-1610-509-547-1610. Email the program by going to the website 610kona.com the bottom line page, and you can send us your question or your comment. Back after this. Brought to you in part by the Kitchen Creators at Bunch Finnegan, making your dream kitchen come true. They're located at 9 East Columbia Drive in Kennewick. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Tony from Richland. Hi, Tony. What's on your mind? Well, I just, uh, you're talking about uh, the safety and uh, the violence that exists at hospitals with, you know, doctors and nursing staff and what have you. And, I think there's an element here that needs to, that is, um, that falls on deaf ears a lot of times, and that is the issue of security personnel. A lot of these hospitals, what they do is they do third party contracts to security personnel and with minimal. Uh, I have personal experience where in one of the local hospitals here, there's only one security person on staff 
uh, per shift, and we get called everywhere all the time, but there's only one. We have a lot of restrictions placed on us, and, you know, there, there's, there's, there's no reason why they, that can't be looked at more closely and, you know, hire the personnel that you're going to need. Like, for example, the emergency room is always a very active, very active area for incoming uh, inmates that are coming in for meth evaluation or uh, medical evaluations, uh, victims of domestic violence. Uh, there's always that's that's one of the high the high profile areas that we get called to a lot. You know, dealing with com, uh, combative patients and what have you. And yet, there's nobody that I mean. If I could be king for a day, I would have, depending on the size of the emergency room, I would have two, a minimum of two security officers there at ER ready to respond and not have to wait until something happens and be responsive instead of being proactive. Be re, you know, instead of being reactive, be proactive and expand the role that security plays because we are trained to handle situations with combative patients and conflict and what have you nursing staff simply is not appreciate the call thank you so much yeah it you know is it a is it a problem in the tri-cities yeah probably on some level uh what the nurses are saying is that they can do very little when you have you know a, a patient uh, or any unstable individual coming into the ER or any part of the hospital that they're left to kind of fend for themselves. And the last caller says, you know, there should be more personnel. And that's what the nurses are saying as well. Yeah, it comes down to cost. Sure. I mean, everything comes down to cost. Is that someplace, is that an area that you, the public, think is important enough for the hospital, in this case, Cadillac, because they're negotiating with their nurses and their nurses brought this up. Is that an important piece to the negotiations? Is salary, benefits? I would like to think, again, I'm... I don't have any skin in the game, so to speak. I, I'm, I've been to the hospital a few times, including the ER. Uh, I would think that the number one priority wouldn't necessarily be salary or benefits, but would be that safety element. If I'm, if, if I'm in that situation... Sure, we'd all like to make more money. Sure, we'd all like to have uh, competitive salary and competitive benefits. And if the nursing association doesn't feel like that's happening at Cadillac, certainly they're right to ask for more. doesn't mean they're going to get more, but it certainly is something that they have the ability to, to do. But when it comes to safety issues, if our last caller said is true, and whether it's a Cadillac or any of the hospitals, if there's only one security guard on staff, especially, you know, for the size of the hospitals, you've got 
one thing going on in the ER or maybe even multiple things going on in the ER. Then you've got something going on at the front desk, and then maybe you've got something going up, uh, you know, in one of the rooms uh, on one of the floors. Uh, You know, one person, one security guard can't handle that, obviously. It's going to be up to staff. Now, I would suspect, again, I don't know for a fact, but I would suspect that nurses and, uh, you know, especially in the ER, docs and nurses in the ER, but at least nurses in general would be afforded some basic training in that regard. I mean, you'd have to. You'd have to. To what extent, I don't know. Do we need to? I mean, it's crazy to it's crazy to say. Do we need to start looking at arming nurses? If if there is not more security uh, personnel in the hospitals in the ERs. Do we need to have a conversation about arming somebody at the front desk, at the entrance to the ER, or something else? Look, we have this conversation about schools and arming teachers and or administrators. If safety is that big of a concern... Do we need to talk about arming te- or arming uh, nurses? It's a discussion that we're going to have to carry over into the next day because we're almost out of time. But it is look if if this is what's holding up the negotiations, I hope it's not. But to me, this is the first thing that should have been addressed by both Cadillac and the nursing association. If those employees are not safe, and we know where the trends are nationally. There's more violence in hospitals and in ERs. Is it a problem here? Probably. To what level, I don't know. But if it is a problem, we need to address that first. And then, and then, let's talk about salaries and benefits and making sure that those are on par and on level with what it should be for people in that occupation. But let's 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 get everybody safe. Let's get everybody safe. You know, we'll talk about this more tomorrow because I, I feel like I, I my spidey senses are out, and I feel like we could we could have a, a good discussion about arming nurses. Um first responders or what have you um, arming staff at the hospitals would that clear up the problem of security appreciate everybody tuning in calling in being a part of today's bottom line abc news is now